Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Emily Fancher, assistant metro editor, filling in for columnist Heather Knight. We're here today with contributor Ariane Lang, a reporter at the Center for Health Reporting at the USC Schaefer Center for Health Policy and Economics. She's here to talk about her story, published in the Chronicle, about the homeless and low-income San Franciscans stuck getting most of their mental health care through the emergency room. Ariane spent months reporting the story of Summer, a young woman living in San Francisco who was in and out of the ER more than two dozen times, unable to get help. I'll be back with Ariane Lang right after this. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me start off with you telling us a bit about your story. Who is Summer and what happened to her? Summer was a young woman who moved to San Francisco a few years after she graduated from college in 2009. And in 2015, she started having a lot of struggles with her mental health and addiction. And she ended up going to the psychiatric emergency room at least 28 times over the next 10 months as her health worsened. And in May 2016, after this prolonged period, she killed herself. Um, What patterns did you see in Summer's case that gave you insight into the problems in San Francisco's mental health care system overall? So it's one thing to have people tell you about people who are trapped in this cycle. But then when you look at Summer's records, it's really kind of stunning how the deja vu almost that you get reading. Uh, She keeps going into the psych emergency room and the medical emergency room for sort of the same problems over and over again. She was feeling suicidal. She was having hallucinations that were telling her to harm herself or others. And she kept getting... uh, she kept getting referred to the same outpatient services and just obviously wasn't getting the long-term care that she needed. About 70% of the visits to the psych ER um, were by homeless patients, uh, according to recent information. Summer became homeless over the course of um, the situation, and she also was struggling with substance abuse, like many of the people who are visiting this, the psychiatric ER. Um, you spoke to current patients for the story, What did they say they would need to get help that Summer, frankly, wasn't able to get? They said they needed more preventative services, more lower barrier, um, lower entry barrier care, basically. So if they were having a bad day in terms of their mental health, just somewhere that they could go that was safe, uh, where they could even just take a nap for two hours or something, um, one person said he felt like that could 
could really help him. And that just sort of doesn't exist that much. Uh, so for for some people, the emergency room is sort of their only option. You also spoke to doctors and nurses, social workers, um, folks who work for the system, who were also seemingly upset about um, some of the gaps in care. What did they tell you about what's not working uh, right now in the, the psychiatric ER and the way mental health services are delivered in San Francisco? So there is just a huge emphasis on helping people only when things have gotten really bad for them. So helping the sickest people, which of course is good, but also that leaves a lot of people to suffer until their mental health gets so bad that it's a, tr a true emergency. Um, they also said there are these gaps in care where people aren't getting to the next step, which is definitely what happened to Summer as well. She never had a case manager, even though she was recommended for one. Uh, she obviously got this emergency care in the psych emergency room and in the medical emergency room. Uh, so she had her immediate crises addressed in some way, but her long-term problems were not really addressed. We know that not everyone who's leaving the psychiatric ERs is getting a case manager. Uh, why did, Why is that the case? What did the city say when you asked them about why she wasn't able to get, I know they, would, they wouldn't comment specifically on her case, but um, why they aren't, aren't able to give everyone a case manager who might need it? Uh, intensive case management is voluntary. So if you didn't want it for whatever reason, um, that could be an issue. But also there just aren't enough, uh, there just aren't enough intensive case managers and case managers in general. So for every one person who is discharged from intensive case management, there are two more people waiting for an intensive case manager. There are huge wait times for intensive case managers, for people who are really in, in crisis and need it much faster than the two to 10 month wait. Are there any cities that you found that seem to be doing a better job than San Francisco that, that we might look to um, and who have figured out uh, how to deliver care? more compassionately and effectively? Yeah, so Santa Clara County actually is currently doing a pilot program where they provide permanent supportive housing for, it's a pretty small number of people, it's a little over 100 people right now, but um, those are people who are using emergency services a lot and getting this long-term care and in particular getting housing uh, has really, has cut down on their use of the psychiatric emergency room. Um, and to that, I mean, the mayor and the supervisors in San Francisco realize there's a problem with the mental health care system. And they're uh, meeting weekly to talk about a ballot measure that might go toward addressing some of the issues, some of the problems that you found in your story, as well as other problems. What do you think are the biggest hurdles to fixing the system? So one of the biggest problems with the system is just a lack of coordination between services. And again, those gaps that people fall through. So they'll get to one level of care and then there will be a, a gap that they fall through. So, you know, Summer goes to psychiatric emergency services and she gets the care for however long she's there, let's say 12 hours, and she's fine for that night. But then when she gets discharged, uh, there's no one to help her to the next step. And even if she does get to the next step, you know, maybe she gets into an acute diversion unit which is a 14-day residential care program. But then once the two weeks are up, it, she never actually stayed for the full two weeks, but 
she would only have had access to that for two weeks. And then what happens after the two weeks? So there are just gaps at every level. And is that a financial problem, bureaucratic, political will, all probably, of the above? <laughs> yeah, probably all of those things. But yeah, people said case managers were a big issue and just a lack of, of long-term services is also a big issue. I spoke to one patient who had been stuck in a locked acute unit at San Francisco General for seven months because she she didn't actually need that level of care anymore. And she was taking up a spot that someone who was in PES may have needed, but they just had nowhere to send her that was a lower level of care that would work for her. So there's sort of backlogs at every level and and gaps that leave people stranded. You were able to report this story because Summer's family gave you her medical records and they were um, open and, and sharing uh, her journey with you. What? Why did they share those with you and what did they want people to take away from her story? Yeah, so they they knew that people were still going through the same system that had really failed Summer. And her mother said, you know, Summer was sort of a bleeding heart liberal and she was a really kind person. And her mother said that she would want to, she thought that Summer would want her story to be out there if it could help people and help expose these problems. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for shedding a little light on um, this corner of the city and what it's struggling with right now. Thank you. Thanks to Ariane Lang for joining me. Thanks to Erica Carlos for producing, and thanks to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.